This is how to be on popular podcast number, not sure, but um, this is a quick one. There was a, there was a fellow Chris from Australia, an inline skater in the aggressive style, stayed over at my place and he was going to catch a, he had to drive to Vancouver to catch a flight with his friend Louie. And um, we had so many good conversations over the course of a couple of days, we tried to just quickly record something before he left. There might be some noise in the background. Louis was like packing and rustling bags around and stuff. But um, here's my conversation with Chris early in the morning. Um, okay, this will be our first uh, half an hour podcast. I <laughs> <laughs> guess bite-sized version. I guess has to leave uh, to catch a flight. In Vancouver? We gotta hit the road and it was snowing last night, so hopefully we don't have to drive slowly. Because I got a plane to catch, as they say in the classics. And if one of my least favorite things in the world to do is winter driving, so kudos to you for you're gonna be doing it today. Yeah, Louis' gonna be doing it today. Oh, he's gonna be doing it today. Yeah. Okay. So there's two of us driving at Vancouver, flying to LA, hopefully skate with Robbie Pitts for a night, and then uh, fly back to Melbourne, Australia. Okay, so if you didn't hear the guest from the accent, we have we have our second Australian guest on the podcast. Who was the first? Jacob Barnes. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, who did Metric Frames back in the day? So yeah. if you want to listen to those ones, that's so welcome, second Australian. Cheers, Chris Puller. Chris Puller, yeah. Not Pular. Well, it's not Pular, but it's spelled. AR, not yeah. ER. Do so some people say it that way? Yeah, everyone misspells it, but. They want to yeah. say. Puller. And so my buddies call me Puller. We're buddy, a bunch of the crew in Melbourne. But Chris. And we are the same. We're, well, you're 35? Yeah, I and turned 36 in November. You wouldn't think so, like <laughs> the way you skated at the park yesterday. Yeah, I feel like Peter Pan as far as my lifestyle compared to my other friends that are my age. And as far as my skating goes. Yeah, I've just managed to cheat my years by not not breaking myself off doing tricks that I don't know how to do. I only do tricks that I know how to do. And if I'm trying a trick that I've never done or don't know how to do, yeah, I'm very careful about it. But I'm not interested in learning tech stuff. I'm just interested in doing things I know how to do on new obstacles. It, it was really funny. Like Having said that, I learned new tricks on my backyard coping box. Stuff that I... But that's mainly like switch-ups that I haven't done before. Um, yeah, yesterday we went to go see if the park was dry, and it was on, on the tops, the Camel's Park. You got to see the, the Camel's Park and skate it, but you jumped, like, you gapped over, like, a snowbank thing. That, that yeah, <laughs> well, so, yeah, from, plat, from flat to flat, and there's a bank, and that's all my friends know that I'll do gaps anywhere. Like, so there was, like, a... Uh, taken the mickey out of them all the different melbourne guys by these two guys that made an edit as like a homage to everyone in melbourne and they got dressed up as each individual person like putting on like a wig here or a, a th- you know skinny pair of pants there or whatever and they when there was a clip that they were pretending to be me they put on a basketball jersey and did a gap over a ledge and they were filming each other. it's really clever is it one, they 180, every, yeah. 180s, 180 yeah. gap and, yeah. and basketball jerseys have been your thing well they didn't used to be and I didn't know they were a thing but when they chucked on a jersey in the thing in the show then yeah I realised I guess that is a thing but yeah I like basketball we have a guest we have a driver 
entering the room. <laughs> yeah. Say hi, Louis. Hey. <laughs> um, um, yeah. What gaps have always been fun to me because it's like transfer. Like, you know, I was saying like always trying to not be a potato skater. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What case? What is a potato skater? Just yeah. So it was Robbie Pitts and his friends that coined it back in the day, like a long time ago, where you got your meat and potatoes kind of guy, pretty straight up, straightforward thinking person that sort of skating we referred to as potato skating and the opposite would be more creative which they referred to as tabuli yeah. <laughs> so, what yeah. tumbleweed tabuli it's like tabuli what's oh taboo 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 yeah it's so that little that little salady like, sort of food oh I, I thought you were talking about like taboo and then with it's like kind of taboo e yeah no it was more like a a, a funky Unusual kind of food called tabbouleh. Um, tabbouleh, yeah. Like, like where it's a uh, that gross, like little herb that tastes like Christmas tree or yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Probably something like that. <laughs> and so, I always wanted to find a, a a gap in the skate park that the skate park wasn't designed to do. I'm like, I'm gonna go from there and land down there. And I always tried to do that on the street. And then when we started skating more parks, because less and less street skating was going on. I was always doing that. So at Camloops, I'm like, I'll probably try to find a gap. It'll probably be what I do when I get there. And then I was like, sweet, I can gap over the snow. I'm never going to get to do that back home. So yeah, that was cool. We weren't sure if you were going to land that. And oh, really? It, like, well, no one ever does. We don't do things like that at the yeah. park. Like, we never just gap from flat to flat. Yeah. And then the fact that you had to clear over water, bad things can happen on like a washout, but I guess you knew what you were doing. But yeah. also like a 35 year old doesn't really, that's not like a normal trick for a 35 yeah, no. year old to do. Well, a normal trick for a 35 year old to do what amongst my people is to get a job and have a family. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, a lot of people yeah. are lazy. I don't know, yeah, or just have this one token skate every once in a while show up do a couple of little grinds they knew how to do but they're sure as hell not doing anything they haven't done before but I'll always try to do something that I've never done so yesterday I think I did a grind or something that I've never done before it was no big deal but I'll always try to progress myself even if it's just by a millimetre it's progress and come home going alright cool still had that feeling when you're, when you're young like oh I've got a new trick today so I get that on a very small level but yeah, in my, yeah, mid thirties. But you know there was that ski there's that ski jump next to where I took off from. Yeah. I was looking at the clip on my phone. I'm like, probably could have jumped off that ski jump and got like really high in the air. Oh yeah, no one's done that before. Yeah. Maybe next time. I don't think that would have been the right choice. There would have been snow though in the bottom. No, but I would have come across at an angle oh, okay. and landed yeah. in that. Pa- I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'll quit. I can quit while I'm ahead on that one. So when you say. Um, 30 or people with with wife and kids how how many like uh well-known australian skaters from back in the day like just do a session once in a while like is that well josh used to come out um a couple of summers ago and then last summer he broke his ankle and that was a bummer josh clark so he was starting to get back into it on a semi-regular basis like we have a weekly session at our local park and he would be popping along to that every every once in a while as often as he could um but yeah you know life kind of took over for that guy um 
There is another guy, Brad Watson, who's like about a year older than me, and he's not got the family, still living the way he wants to live, yeah. and that it's skating and skating the way he wants to skate, and all the time. Yeah. But I don't know how long it's been since he learned a new trick on the street. How did he break his ankle? Uh, Josh. Yeah. Uh, he did like this little roll up this quarter pipe with his sub box and did like a he was on a wall right off the side of the sub box into the bank next to it it was not a particularly large thing and he's done it so many times before he just came unstuck that day oh, he break. skates with breakneck speed that's he's always been his style and uh like since a long time ago anyway and uh yeah he just came unstuck it was a real bummer and he got you know plate in his foot and stuff like that oh. and it put him out and um, yeah, he was always saying like I don't think I'll ever skate anymore, and then he started skating a bit, and then he did that, and he's, like, yeah, the poor guy, <laughs> it's a real bummer. He so he was my friend, he was my idol, and then he was my friend, and then he became my boss, and but we, you know, I knew that I didn't think that him being my boss would get in the way of us being friends, um, and it didn't. And then when I get home, I've got a job interview for a place that he's working at that he teed up. He messaged me saying, "Oh, hey mate, I've organised you for, uh, to have you at an interview." With um, this new place I'm working at. Like, he didn't even ask me, hey, did you find a new job yet? Because, yeah, I got retrenched just before coming over here. And that's why I got to come over here, kind of. And Josh so, Clark. And so he's a chef. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I had a photo of him. I had like, a poster of him on my wall when I was a teenager. Even though he was my age, but he was the man. And uh, it evolved into my hero being my friend, then my boss. It's pretty cool how that works out. Yeah. Like, then, Tim Ward, man, I was starstruck when I first hung out with him, but that was in my 20s. As the scene grew smaller and tighter, like, I remember going out on a night, on, like, to an after party with Tim Ward and coming back to his house that night, and I was like, man, you're coming back to Tim Ward's house? This is pretty sweet. <laughs> Who would have thought, you know? And, uh, yeah. The, uh, the thing that we talked about the other night, um, oh, quickly say, like, you're here because, okay... I don't even know how to break it down that Louis is friends with. So my uh, buddy that I've known since the start of high school and pretty much the main guy from high school that I stayed really close with, um, Louis, has always been snowboarding around the world, did a couple of seasons in Whistler and then met this girl named Lacey and her sister, Cassie, in Greece one year on his travels. like a post-Canadian season travel to Greece and that's where he met him and then and that's your wife by yeah. a small world yeah 10 years later and, and then, like I'm chucking it I borrowed better than baseball from a friend of mine years after it came out I'm like oh I never saw this video chucked it on at my house and Louis was in the lounge room doing his thing and uh he looked up and he's like what the hell are you watching what can you rewind that dude I think I know that chick <laughs> and it was one of your friends and I was like yeah, this is like a Canadian video, but do you ha, really you know that chick? Wow, small world, and then um, I didn't realize that he was that you like one of his best mates. Like, so your wife stayed at his house when she was in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's just strangely small in that. Like, yeah, the world's a funny place. So I, then it's when he weird. was traveling to Kamloops and doing a snowboarding trip you came along and yeah Kamloops he's like oh I'm going snowboarding do you want to come yeah I probably might even take some time off work and then it worked out like yeah I'm definitely coming he's like cool so we're going to end up staying in Kamloops for a little bit that's one of the places we're going to go and uh 
I think we're going to actually end up staying with Lace and Joey. He's like, Joey, like, Mushroom Blade, he's like, the guy, the rollerblade guy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is a trip. This is funny. My buddies are going to get a kick out of this. And Jenny got to live vicariously, so we're part of Jenny that runs the skate shop. She always said, like, she'd want to come to Canada as well. We both were like, yeah, let's go to Canada one day. And uh, it didn't work out that she would be able to come on this trip, but... She always said, yeah, because I'd want to go and check it out and go to a shop task and meet Leon and stuff. So she gets to live vicariously through me, meeting Leon and meeting you guys. Yeah, she needs to do cool. it. She needs to see it. Yeah. She will. We'd come back in the summertime, though. When I really, yeah, I told you when you came up, like, I, I realized there was a previous message that you had sent me and you, you said, my, my girl, Jenny. And then I was like... I, I went downstairs and looked at the rolling case and then I was like... Holy shit. <laughs> She's a character in a video game. Yeah. And fun fact, if you look in the instruction manual, I'm I'm the I'm the still for manuals. Like when they So you can choose you as a character as well? No, I'm just like they used a video still to explain what a manual was. I'm doing like a heel uh, roll. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, you're a you're a pixel in a game. You can claim that forever. I'm in one of the edits too, so uh and uh, Gav- Gavin Drum is in one of the edits too. Yeah, I mean, Gavin. like a whole bunch of people are because it was VG shit. edits. And yeah. Shit in it. yeah. <laughs> 17 so year old he, Gavin 17 Drum. 17 year old Gav got to say to the video store, like the video game store clerk, hey, I'm in this. And the clerk looks at him like, yeah, sure you are, man. <laughs> um, one of the things we talked about the other night uh, was that a lot of people don't know that Tim Ward is Shane Coburn's favorite skater of yeah. all time. I think that's the coolest thing. That's a very, like, specific choice, but it's a good choice. Yeah, he was just one of those guys that was just a little... It was a couple episodes ahead of everyone as far as his his trick vocabulary progression goes. And he had a reasonable amount of style and was just had the most unpredictable skating ways where you'd be like, are you serious? He tried that? Who would try that? I didn't know that was possible. He just opened everyone's mind. And back home, yeah... He was, t- you know, king of the vert and king of the street, but totally chill and humble. <laughs> yeah, to be that good on vert and that good on the street, like Sam Fogarty was the best all-rounder at one stage on uh, on the NIS tour, and I was like, yeah, sweet Australia, yeah, but Tim Ward was just always, like, on this God level, you know? S- Sam Fogarty, Josh Clark, uh, <laughs> I can't wait to do the Hoax 5 commentary. Mm-hmm. fellow Australians in Hoax 5 yeah Tim Ward uh, I was telling you about one of my favorite skate photos that Warped Tour Ali Fish in what you said yeah like yeah I was thinking about that last night I'm going to try to dig up the issue that you're talking about and and take a photo and be like yep there it is the red and it the was blue M12 and switch yeah I thought it was a regular fish brain so and it's the most topside fish brain that's on the why I coping. love the picture yeah you can see like it's completely it's coping inside. but it, it may as well just be angle iron flat ledge trick integrity yeah dude I'll send you a link to his festival of madness um double section that's on YouTube um and it's you'll see what I mean when he was so far ahead of his time I think I have seen that but not in a long time and he's just like doing and trying everything yeah like um now you know how you were saying how like Mo Sanders was talking about how fast slides were originally like a really quick kick of a rail on your way through like a really short rail yeah tim was doing like half cab fast slides this that and the other way pud slides and 
before it was considered possible and legitimate. Yeah, fast uh, slide was anything that. But then he'd do this king rail that was wobbly as shit, and then jump to this other rail as well. Like he wasn't just like some tip tappy skater; he was the all round package and avert king as well. So yeah, that's why it was gratifying to hear that Shane Coburn still held him on that god level. Yeah, I thought that was, was really so cool that Shane Coburn did that because here's the guy who has like some of the biggest most legendary teams and like the people he's always picked has been he has a really good taste in like his marketing creation in the team so for him to name Tim Ward who is yeah. like that's such an unconventional choice for it would be like Quincy Jones in the music world who had like the best people ever on his record label like skipping back before all of those guys came around and saying but that guy was the best musician ever and you're like oh wow you had all these other artists to choose from when you were saying the greatest all-timers and you mentioned that guy. Wow, that guy must be something special. And I was like, yeah, our boy from Australia. <laughs> I always had a little bit of Australian pride, but yeah, it was, it was funny how it worked out. Um, Tim Ward, though, he doesn't, like, apart from VG6, what big, he doesn't, like, have a lot of sections in videos, does no, he? No, so he had, like, a couple of random clips in, like, VG14 Live. Yeah. Where he, did like so this, that crazy th- three sixty topsail, yeah. disaster three sixty topsail on this uh, at this contest, and I think he doesn't even quite land it. But the fact that he was trying it and he locked it was another like collective conscious mind opening thing where everyone's like, "Wow, he can if he can do it, I guess it's possible." He almost landed it that day. Like he, there's no clip of him landing it, but there's like half a dozen attempts and he locks it a few times and yeah. He, there's that's another legendary photo at least for me the Jethro ad yeah that trick yeah kind of like from the front man I, I'm glad I was almost gonna throw out my daily breads I went through this phase where I wanted to like get rid of all of my skating history so it didn't yeah like, did you get rid of a bunch of DVDs or something or was that um, Todd that Todd got rid of a bunch of stuff but I like my stash was huge and there was a while there where I had like a bunch listed and I sold some but no I have a big case that I have a lot still huh. yeah still well so like there was this guy called Toby Heslop in Australia who was a pro skater who was on the Roche's team and uh, he was rad he was a really good skater but and he ended up working for the Fuel TV channel like this action sports channel and stopped rollerblading and then put his entire collection of DVDs and videos up online for e- on eBay for sale and, uh, was that recently? It's a few oh. years oh, okay. ago now. And it was probably about five years ago. And then he put up uh, his magazine collection. And uh, so my buddy bought the, the video collection. Him and his friend went halves and they had like a, a VCR, a VHS converter. They were going to digitalize them all. And, uh, and then that guy had his 30th birthday one day and I didn't go. But uh, Jenny went and... Gav comes along to the uh, and and so at the party, he tells Jenny, "Man, I was gonna I was bidding on Toby Heslop's magazine collection because he also put up his magazine collection shortly after." And he's like, "And I got outbid at the last minute, man, bummer." And then Gav shows up to the party and says to Jenny, "Oh, is Chris coming?" "No, he's uh, working tonight." "Why? What's going on?" "Oh, I just wanted to tell him about this thing I just bought on eBay. I know he'd be interested to hear." "Oh, what did he get? What'd you get?" "I mean, and uh, oh." I bought Toby Heslop's magazine collection. <laughs> I, I got it. I won the bid on the last minute. And she's like, oh, really? 
and tells Guy whose birthday he was, hey Guy, guess what Gav just bought? <laughs> yeah, we got all the old daily breads and everything at home. Like, we got a pretty, um, pretty comprehensive collection because she's got all the old Kingdom mags and uh, and Unity. Not actually, not all the Unities because there was so many. But Unity, I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, it was just a bit. I don't know. I liked the. Uh, I didn't like the the layout and. It was just sort of a bit amateur, like the photos. The photos were bloody average. You know? Oh, yeah, so there was... Okay. But yeah, Jenny's got a bunch of DNA mags and stuff DNA, like that. Her yeah. brother was on the cover of DNA. Really? So her brother, who's a couple of years older than us, was on the cover of DNA once. That was pretty cool. Um, there was DNA Kingdom, four in a row. Yeah, I didn't red. even like four in a row either. I just thought that was a bit sloppy and unprofessional like but that's because daily bread was the standard i was like man daily bread there's some cool so... photos in this but the captions i can't even read because the spelling's so terrible and you can't even understand what the... it was just they needed to proofread their stuff and also there would be photos and guys in there that i'm like man there are skaters in melbourne that are unknown that can do better stuff like this it was a kind of a really clicky um scene at the time in melbourne like it was there was the josh and dion and and a few others that would be rolling around with the two guys that made the mag and um and it was just like them and their crew that was featured heavily over and over again in in Mel- in the Melbourne content anyway yeah when there was heaps of Melbourne content because it was based in Melbourne and uh and me and my friends would be like man we know who that guy is in that photo he's not even that good a skater we could skate better than him <laughs> this is when we're like 16 i remember it was a dna mag or something that i bought and some of the photos were just like uh here's someone jumping up installing something for a photo like the where sometimes people do a like a something that they think is going to be good for a photo but you know the trick wouldn't have looked amazing like there's sometimes there's no movement in the photo yeah yeah it looks like still and stale yeah you know like when people do a little pose to like make fun of rollerblading like oh i'm doing a trick (laughs) sometimes it just looks like that like here's my little pose thing daily bread like the standard was really high. And then yeah. to bring it back, that's why I, I'm i glad I didn't throw them out because now I go back once in a while and try and like find one of my favorite photos and post it or something like that. And there's so much gold in those old issues. It's like, like how like, you know, Christians keep going back and reading the Bible. <laughs> it's the Bible for us, you know. It's it's and like there was scripture. A, a legendary <laughs> run too, like kind of in the everything before kind of 2002-ish because sometimes that well Arlo used to be the editor that's insane he was the chief editor though like when or why Uh, I don't know but there's that photo of him looking all dorky and goofy carrying his cardboard box of belongings when he was clearing out his desk oh that was that was a senate ad though wasn't it yeah there you go yeah yeah. and so he used to be editor-in-chief no what no like Angie was the boss yeah and Arlo was the editor, and Jess D was the photo editor. It's pretty amazing to think about uh, what they created. So, like, Jess Dearnforth and Angie and Arlo, like, by creating a magazine, they, like, really created everything, like, the, the culture they did. Yeah, well, it's like this Rasha mag of, of rollerblading, except Rasha's still around. Oh, how, how cool. I mean... But there were things before Thrasher mag. Yeah. But, uh, like, print mags, how important are they in, in other industries? Like, I know other well, how mags important were they? Nothing's, like, like it, print is going to die one day. Not, it kind of already gonna, has. But, yeah, it's becoming less and less of a 
regular issue sort of scenario. It'll be like the photo annual will be the main thing that people pick up or... Um, you know how like you can get comic books, but you can get graphic novels as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, it'll so, be like that. Like yeah. it, it'll be like. Well, I guess kind of like how Vine Street Chapter Two had and a book to accompany with it, and um, and this new like the sequel to K and like the the second film that those guys have done. They've done this book of yeah. all the pro skaters touring around Greece, but it's it's gonna lose the. Um, editorial art form of like you know regular opinions coming through uh yeah um on the front uh table there's the keys to did you buy any of those books um yeah jenny got me uh the chapter two book for christmas i was disappointed but but um, you have high print standards i because i wanted to get i don't i don't like the lifestyle photos being like um the the main feature I want to see skate photography in yeah. its finest form. And then, um, so Cole's it, got rad skate photography yeah. pics, but there was too much of like chilling at the skate spot for me. And like, I would have loved to have he- heard like read some stories of the making of. But oh yeah, nothing. you said you're no a text. Like you're a big fan of te- big text. Big fan of text. Yeah. Yeah. I always was bummed when I got to the end of a magazine. I read every word in it. I was like, oh, there's nothing more to read. The uh, writing department. I have to wait for the next issue. Yeah. My job would be happy to hear you say that because, <laughs> like the people that that do online copy for the for the university website, it's always just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Every issue of Daily Bread, I would read every part of it, like every letter to the editor, every caption to every photo. I was always interested in reading the stories, and the stories are being lost now. It's like. You, there'll be a contest and someone will review it and tell you more about the journey to the contest and hanging out with the people and and then they'll say I don't have to tell you what went down because you can see all the edits online but then after the contest blah 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 I'm like man tell us how the contest went tell us the story of old mate that never tried anything this big before that got the trick after 11 tries and had his moment of glory or how like that pro skater has like started falling off. You could tell he was burned out. Like, tell us the good and the bad, and and that was what get me emotional, you know, or emotionally connected to, you know, the story, like to the the event that was being covered. Like, I always was bummed out about when they said, "I don't have to tell you what went down because you can just check out the online." That, that's like the classic. What thing a cop out, man! Tell us. What your favorite parts of the event? Just tell us even just a top five tricks and explain how they went down. Like, I, I love that stuff, man. I think it, it's that you might be in a smaller percentage of people that actually, like... I, I like reading I know. articles. And I know, I'm in a small percentage. So I, I can't be angry and and say people have dropped the ball yeah. um, by not putting out that sort of content. It's just a bit of a bummer. It's frustrating. I was a one contributor in the early days, mm. video reviews. I was a one contributor in uh, the scene report. I wrote a scene report. And then I read other scene reports. I'm like, well, that was a lame one. I'm glad I did like a bit more of a backstory and stuff. So yeah, I did a scene report in that. I did, um, I think I I did the interview for CJ in BMAG. Oh no, one mag, BMAG, BMAG. Yeah. Um, which was... Um, we kind of skyped each other, and then I I typed it all out, which took forever. But I was happy how that work that came out. 
I was happy with his answers to the questions I asked. I was happy with my questions. But I don't think he liked it at first. I don't know what he thinks of it now. But he was like, dude, we have to change it. I hate it. I was like, what? What do you mean? That was the conversation we had. Like, it was a cool, you know, chat at the time, wasn't it? But uh, it was cool. Um, And I got... I I did an article on, on like, an Aussie contest, like, an Australian titles contest that was published in... um, uh, what's that European one? I think it was French. Crazy um, Roller? Nah, it was after that. Before Haitian and stuff. But, um, Clap. Clack. Clack? Oh, Clack. 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 So yeah, I was featured in that. So I was in France and someone's like, oh, have you ever seen this magazine before? I was at someone's house and I'm like, yeah, dude. And I opened it up to the page and I'm like, see, the, see my name there? He's like, oh, hello, yes, yes, you this is good. So yeah, and I always was the guy that, so Tim Ward had a website called melbourneskatecrew.com yeah. and he would get me to write reviews of the events, like, all right, so the Victorian titles just happened, can you like write a review, man? And uh, and I was always happy because the parts, that, the tricks that I would write about, I would do that where, I, like how I wanted to read it, like highlight various parts of the the day's event that really got the crowd juiced yeah and then you would see the accompanying edit and i was like oh sweet all the tricks that i talked about people got good angles off and they're in the edit yep this is going to accompany this well so yeah we were always punching out reviews of the events and stuff on tim ward's website and yeah i became like the go-to text guy and even now like thomas dalbus um put is like I probably the guy that puts out the most online content from Melbourne like he's uh, putting out profiles of people or um, tour like uh, an edit of a tour we did or um, edit of a, an event we put on and he would say all right dude um, I need a description for the YouTube link can you oh, yeah. can you knock something out just like you know a, a paragraph right? or a few paragraphs yeah. and stuff um, yeah so yeah, YouTube descriptions are the uh, <laughs> are what it's come to. <laughs> I don't even put much effort into those, but I think I always take Vimeo descriptions more seriously than YouTube descriptions. I don't know, in terms of the presentation, I feel like Vimeo, you're more likely to read a description on Vimeo. But I, I should think more about that, you know? I always do it like one sentence. Or, or mm. as Just a as blurb, possible. like you know when you you read the back of a book and... And you, it's like the the part that's supposed to suck you into buying the book and reading it. Yeah, I like, I like that sort of stuff. What's a? I, I mean, I loved reading. Disinformation was probably one of my favorite. Like it was pre-message board. Yeah, I loved that was reading. the gossip and the news. And this is where you wouldn't find out who's on what team until the next issue came out. But I, I love that gossip stuff. Such and such has been dropped from this team. Such and such has been added to that team. Yeah. So like. I th- I like wheel scene for I, yeah, that because yeah, they yeah. ask the taboo questions, but the they're they're the questions that everyone wants answered. Yeah, and it pisses me off when companies don't have the professionalism to explain why they dropped someone from their team. They're quite happy to say why they added them to their team, but just tell us why they why you got fired. The, that <laughs> is always still like the most interesting, juicy stuff in, mm. in the action sports industry. Is so like sometimes people it get might be unnecessary, but whatever. <laughs> you have to have a healthy balance of, I don't know, 
in just encouraging questions like wow so it looks like you've been having a good time in uh, on your tours why don't you tell us what's been going on rather than like so you could tell that such and such didn't really perform on that tour can you tell us why like that's a, oh, yeah. you know people would be like yeah I thought he was supposed to be in this tour in this tour video. He's not really featured. What's going on? Like, I, I like wheel scene about that. The wheel scene. I call I call them the rollerblading tabloids. Because mm. yeah. B Mag got really generic with their questions, man. It was always just like a puff piece, and um, there was nothing interesting about it. Like it didn't even have to be juicy. No. But, Make it interesting and not just the same set of questions for everything and everyone. Yeah, like you can go back and. But BMAGs lifted their game. Like, they still do some pretty rad stuff. Yeah. And definitely. like, I'm just so glad that BMAG exists. Like, there was Roller News and then there was BMAG. And so my buddy Ed Lou, um, he's this Melbourne dude and was like, and you know, um, assisting with the editing of the website but mainly uh, of, of everything really he was just involved in it a little bit and I mentioned Roller News one day and he just pff, sort of scoffed at it and uh, I wasn't even aware of Roller News and BMAG online so much I wasn't really an internet user big time at, at that time and um, he was like man Roller News just shares everyone else's articles we actually make articles and then I started paying attention. I was like, yeah, they are making articles. This is great. And uh, I kind of got back into it because I was just too busy engulfed in print to be bothered with online. I never yeah. did message boards and stuff apart from maybe like one or two Australian ones. Yeah. I never did BMAG message board. I don't know. I don't know what ever went on there. So occasionally someone would share me a link and I'm like, there's 15 pages of comments to read. I'm not reading <laughs> Mm. But Roller News, you'd skim through all the hating comments and, and then there'd be someone with like a cool opinion. And I wish that they hadn't changed the comments to like Facebook comments, which pretty much killed Roller News for a lot of people. But if you could like the comments or dislike the comments, that would have been really cool. So you could just, it would, it would validate people's opinions. That's why, I, that's why I like Reddit. Uh, Reddit has a rollerblading page and mm. see I don't do Reddit either the things get like on Reddit rollerblading things get upvoted and downvoted so the comments people like the most yeah. go to the top and the people so I wish that Roller News had taken that um, sort of but it's also like Reddit is or Frank said on the podcast you know Reddit is more of a positive atmosphere with more conversation mm. whereas BMAG he uses the term they'll fillet you like that is the fuck everything <laughs> like see the conversation's been lost like they, oh, they still have good conversations it's just like more um, it hasn't been lost like, actually because it does exist in Facebook groups like Facebook uh, I think is like the new message boards for me like, yeah. in terms of like where you'll find those conversations the anonymity was kind of cool though like it, <laughs> I, it was because people really expressed how they really felt <laughs> Well, people can do that, but you just have to have your name attached to it. Yeah, only the people yeah. that really don't give a fuck are the and people that... I said, remember who was the first person who publicly said... Yeah, bring, Jeff Dallas. Yeah, Jeff yeah. Dallas was the first person to say we need to, we needed to go back to Anonymous, which I thought was a really interesting opinion. We definitely hear more people's opinions uh, when there's a, more anonymity. Yeah, that's human nature. Um, so it's not it's like it might be a shame that human nature sucks that much but um, it's more interesting 
when you hear more people's opinions rather than like, yeah, nice work, dude, sweet edit. Yeah, yeah, yeah great right. job. Right. Like, it's just, yeah. Is it time? I think it's time. La- last question, has anybody uh, top sold a, a kinked ledge before? Uh, yeah, well, that's the question. We could just put it out on that rollerblading, rollerblading <laughs> Facebook group and someone would let, let us know because it would be like 200 people racking their brains and then someone would be like, yes, that, t- that one time. But I'm going to say maybe Ian McLeod on a, on a planner. Well, yeah. thank you for doing the short podcast. My pleasure. Shout out to Bayside Blades <laughs> and Velvet Couch Clothing and my buddy Paulie Kreutzer who listens to podcasts, Mushroom Blading Podcasts. Hey, Paulie. And uh, drive safely. Cheers, man. Snowy roads. Australia doesn't get them so much. <laughs>